The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. This is not Will Bretson because I am not joking. His voice is tired from talking all day. The great irony is Brinson talks all day, every day. Today happens to be the day that he can't talk. I'm assuming he smoked four or five packs of cigarettes. We'll find out. This is Ryan Wilson. I'm joined by the host who can't talk, Will Brinson, and of course, John Breach and John Wagner, McGuff Wagner. It is the day before Christmas Eve. Will Brinson, can you talk now about the football game we just watched, which was a really sad affair if you are an Eagles, uh, excuse me, a Vikings fan and or Kirby Cousins? I'm glad you're drunk and hosting the podcast. I just lost my voice. I did a couple radio hits today and they were like, whoa, like, is everything okay? Do you, do you want to reschedule for Friday? I was like, no, I'm fighting through and I'm not talking again until Thursday. Um, I, I just talked too much today. We had the, the podcast with JLC, the podcast with uh, Dubin, had recorded after the break. We'll talk to Jonathan Jones about um, the uh, Bills, Pats, and a bunch of other stuff and who we think will come out of the, the playoffs and all that. Um, and I'm, I'm frankly just sick of talking. I have some kind of huge cold, and my throat has just given out. I've, I've taken all the meds. I've eaten all the cough drops, and I cannot help myself. Um, I am so dead. you're Ben Roethlisberger, and I'm Duck Hodges is what you're saying. More or less, yeah. No, um, you're Mason Rudolph, and Breach is Duck Hodges. <laughs> Who's Sean? Quack, 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 Mr. Ducksworth. Uh, Sean is Paxton Lynch. Yeah, he, he'd actually take that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I don't know if you want to talk about the game, but uh, here, here, let's do this. I'll lead, I'll lead the game. I just couldn't do the intro. I just couldn't get oh, off. Okay, good. I was getting worried about you. You sound terrible. I was I was pretty excited if Brinson just wasn't going to talk the entire time. Like that's my Joke's favorite on version. No of way in, in God's green earth is he not going to go more than thirty five seconds without talking. Well, that's because he has to defend his uh, rookie of the year pick. Ooh, you know what? If you listen to the Monday Night Football preview, you know that Dubin also took a shot at me. So that's uh, three consecutive podcasts in which I've been made fun of for the Garrett Bradbury pick. Great news! Look, <laughs> the Vikings were uh, dog crap on Monday night. They got bullied around on the offensive line and bullied around on the defensive line. And they got smashed by the Packers 23 to 10 at home. They had seven first downs, fewest since 1971. They couldn't score at all in the second half. And they got three early fumbles from the Packers who didn't convert them into points. It's a disaster if you're, if you're the Vikings. At the end of the day, 
they probably weren't going to win the division because all the Packers have to do had to do regardless of how this game played out was go to uh, Detroit next week and beat the Lions. Now that game doesn't matter for the division. The Packers have clinched. The Vikings are locked into the sixth seed. They can do no better than the sixth seed because they can't catch the Seahawks with their tiebreaker head to head. And the uh, 49ers already have 12 wins. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that much, but it does feel like breach. It means a lot because the team we picked to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC just got smacked around by what we call a fraudulent Packers team. Yeah, I just printed out my Super Bowl pick and tore it up because I have no faith in the Vikings or Kirk Cousins or their offensive line or their defensive line or their secondary or Dalvin Cook's ability to stay healthy or Adam Thielen's ability to stay healthy or Stefan Dix. I have no faith in anybody on this team right now. This whole game was a total disaster. You hit the nail on the head when you said that this the Vikings just got absolutely bullied in the trenches. That's what this came down to. Look, we all know that Kirk Cousins is basically a rich man's Andy Dalton. If he doesn't have time to throw, he's not a guy who can run around and create things. Their whole offensive game plan is out the window. He can't go create if he's being pressured like he was in this game. And that's what the Packers did. Kirk Cousins could not do anything. He didn't have room to breathe back there. He got sacked five times. Sedarius Smith was basically living in the Vikings' backfield. And one way to fix that is to try and get the ground game going. And what happened there? Uh, I don't know, but Mike Boone is no Dalvin Cook. I will tell you that. He's not even Alex Madison. Uh, they couldn't do anything. And if they can't run the ball, you know, they go to play action that sets up everything else, and the uh, the offense was a total failure. Kevin Stif- Kevin Stefanski is uh what probably that was about the worst national na- worst national audition you could ever have in your life. He's he's not going to get the job now, right? Well, you you come in, and you say, look, man, Kirby was zero and eight coming in this game on national television. But- as <laughs> as John Breach pointed out on the Pick Six podcast, he is basically Andy Dalton in prime time. I can't work miracles. I think. Uh, um, Kirby had 35 passing yards in the first half, and they had the short field. They had the turnovers, and they, as you point out, couldn't do anything. And maybe the – look, the Vikings, I feel like, are going to go to New Orleans if that's how the, the playoffs shake out, and I feel like they're going to get smoked. Teams can change. Yeah, yeah, we know all that in two weeks. But I feel like maybe we're selling the Packers short. They feel sort of like the Patriots do when they play in the in the AFC East against a bunch of terrible teams, and they find their way into the playoffs every year because they have no one to play, and then they sort of brute force their way through the playoffs into the Super Bowl. I don't think the Packers are going to the Super Bowl, but maybe they're not as truly terrible as we try to keep making them out to be one week to the next. This was the game where, like, the exact fear that we all had about the Vikings coming into the season, like, manifested itself. Because I've seen this game before. This was the Week 17 game against the Bears at home last year, where if the Vikings win that game, they go to the playoffs and they're playing the NFC North champion. And the problem was, they just, they get out physical up front. And this was the identical game where, where Cousins doesn't really have a chance. Like, I, Cousins did not play well, and that interception he threw on first down downfield looked like an arm punt, which would have been okay if it was third down, but it was first down. He wasn't good. But if you can't protect him, uh, I don't know that many quarterbacks that are going to be that successful back there, especially obviously without the Sean. They have Garrett, they have Garrett Bradbury. <laughs> How can they not have good protection for him? So I mean, that's my takeaway is that Smith finished with three and a half sacks, five quarterback hits, and five tackles for a loss. He was a maniac in that game. Um, we By saw the way, something else. Um, yeah. I did interrupt you quickly. Sorry, but every offseason we make fun of teams for spending way too much money in free agency, and the pieces don't work. It's actually worked for the Packers. It's Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Amos in the back end. 
those guys have actually contributed off uh, on defense, and, and it's made a difference. Their defense was not very good um, in previous years. Their defense isn't great now, but they have flashes uh, playing well, and tonight was one, exa- one example of that. So, Well, look, I mean, I would say this. One, you were wrong about his primetime record. He's just 0-9 on Monday night. He's not 0-9 in primetime. 7-15 in primetime. Um the 0-9 thing on Monday night is just kind of random. Whatever. Like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to feel doesn't sound random. He's lost nine straight times on Monday night football. I mean, but it's just sort of random with the matchups. Like, he, it's not, it's not like he. What's well, his actual primetime record, including seven, Monday nights? 7-15. It's not good. Um, Andy Dalton would love that. My, my point is that, I mean, like, I'm not trying, I'm not going to defend Cousins to say he played well, but the play calling was absolutely atrocious. The one thing that has worked for the Vikings all year long, and you heard them, um, the announcers, it was, uh, Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts, I think, on the Chargers Vikings game said last week as they're throttling the Chargers, they don't have to establish a run. It's already established. And yet they tried to establish a run and they only ran one play action pass in the first half. One. Your play action works every time. Everyone thinks you're running it because you're coached by Mike Zimmer. You can run play action. Adam Thielen, he was barely targeted. He was open multiple times. Um, they just, I, I thought Stefanski, then on the, uh, the third down, they run the end around where Diggs throws the pass to Cousins in the first half and cut, it overshoots Cousins, terrible throw. And then on fourth down, they take a deep shot with Cousins. Like, nothing they did made any sense whatsoever. I think that that, that sequence of plays, they knew they were going to go for it on fourth down. I didn't hate the fourth uh, down play because it was a stop and go with Thielen. The thing is, it was so well defended that I don't know if they had a plan B in terms of where else he should have thrown the ball. But, like, they could have run, they could have bootlegged Cousins more. Yeah, and, sure, that's fine. I know. They, those two plays, I don't think, define their loss. Throw a slant. One slant. Throw Wait, what do you call it? A slant, any slant. <laughs> a slant. <laughs> just, just so everybody knows. Oh my gosh, this is hard to listen to. You sounds like you're in pain. Just so everybody knows, uh, we are pre-recorded Wednesday and Thursday shows, so I don't sound like this, and hopefully I won't sound like this for Friday. Brenton, oh, you sound wait. like you sound like you were in retirement for four years, and you're 74 years old, and we talked you out of retirement to do one more Christmas Eve podcast, and here you are. Fighting off sickness and death to give us your take on the Vikings. I'm, I'm just here so I won't get fined, Breach. <laughs> By the way, since since uh, Brenton can't talk, guaranteed something is going to break on Christmas Eve. We're going to have to do an hour long emergency podcast. Probably. I could. I guess I would talk better if I'd be quiet, but I don't know how loudly it pops up on the microphone. Um. Anyway, I thought the play calling was trash, and I don't. I don't think they did Kirk Cousins any favors. I felt like, and look, Mike Boone. Who ruined a lot of fantasy teams in in, in the finals? Um, uh, spoiler: He's not as good as Dalvin Cook, because there were multiple times when Dalvin Cook would have cut it back and cut the other way and picked up 15 yards, and Mike Boone just didn't do that. Look, I'm not saying the Viking the Vikings should have won that game. They were out they were outgunned the whole time and out physical, but they were leading at halftime. I mean, just they, barely, but yes. Yeah, but they were leading at halftime. They got the ball on like the on the ten yard line uh, on the Packers opening sequence. It felt like they were gonna pour it on the Packers and they just got they got smashed. So I mean I don't know, man. It was uh that's a rough um it's a rough night for the for the Minnesota Vikings. But uh I'm I'm in agreement. I think if you look at the if you look at the playoffs, if the Seahawks win and the Saints win and the Packers win, then Minnesota will go to Seattle in the wild card. If the 49ers win, 
and the Packers win and the Saints win. Minnesota will go to New Orleans. That is a huge difference. New Orleans or Seattle? Yeah. Why? I would much rather play the Seahawks if I'm the Vikings. Same. Really? Even though, according to John Breach, no one can win in Seattle when Russell Wilson is starting. They're going to get curb stomped if they play in New Orleans or in Seattle. No. What's going on? What happened in, in New Orleans that I didn't hear about? They're going to get stomped by New Orleans. And Seattle as well. Is that what we're saying? Seattle's, I don't think Seattle's good. Oh, no. Okay, I see. I see what you're saying. I thought you were saying the opposite. I was confused. I'm with Breach uh, on the uh, all Seattle, unless he's changed his mind since we last spoke 12 hours ago. I think Seattle will, will curb stomp the Vikings as well. Did you just watch the Vikings play? Seattle doesn't have a pass rush. I'm, I'm fine with that. They I want to see my stand on, Seattle on Monday night, and they dominated them in that Monday night primetime game. It took a miracle 18 points in the fourth quarter, like final six minutes for the Vikings to even make that game close. But the, the Seahawks dominate three and a half quarters of that game. Thank so, you, John. I'm just, I'm just saying I don't think it's a walkover. This is factually inaccurate. What are you talking about? They were losing at halftime, too, and they scored 70 points in the third quarter. We just want to hear you talk more. We love hearing you talk. Get out of his ass. Well, who won the game, Brinson? That's not the. That's not. That's not what well, the I, final point is. I just want to know who won the game. I just want to hear you say it. You said they dominated for three and a half quarters. The Vikings were up seventeen to ten at halftime. And you said the Vikings would walk over the Seahawks in the playoffs, and I'm telling you why they won't. Boom. Mm, 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 mm. You hate to hear it on New Year's Eve. I'm pretty what sure all all Brinson said is that the Vikings would rather play the Seahawks than the Saints. Right. I don't know. You which, guys said, which I agree with. said they would go in there and steamroll the Seahawks. That's exactly what you said. <laughs> okay. That's what happens. By the, by the way, for the listeners that know, Ryan is actually enjoying an adult beverage during this podcast, and that's why he sounds crazy. Yeah, that's right. Here's, here's the takeaway. The Vikings aren't going to win their first playoff game. <laughs> I, I actually I agree with that. Yeah. Wait, let's take a vote. Who has a better chance of winning their first playoff game, the Vikings or the Eagles? The Eagles have a hundred percent better chance of winning. They'll be playing the Seahawks or the 49ers. So the Eagles are have a better chance of beating <laughs> the Seahawks and the 49ers than the Vikings have of beating the Seahawks. Or Saints. Yes. The Vikings are a better team. The Eagles playing at home obviously gives them the advantage. Right, right. Since, the Vikings are the Since you're handling the hot takes around here, I'm gonna allow you I'm gonna read something and allow you to respond to it first. Go. Packers, best team in NFC, can run it. We know Rodgers can throw it. And that defense is nasty with the pass rush. And Kenny Clark really playing well the past month. No, that's Prisco, I would imagine, right? That's <laughs> correct. Yeah, that's crazy talk. I mean, he's nuts. They're not the best team in the NFC. I don't think it's close. They're, they're 3.5. If you're ranking them in the, in a, they're, they're between third and fourth. Well, on average. So Saints, 49ers. Vikings. Yeah, so like between the yeah, they're pi- Packers Vikings, they're right there in, in the mix. Or no, excuse me, uh, Seahawks. Seahawks Packers. I'm looking at the, the standings here. Oh, please. You're hopped up on Nyquil. I'm about to drink some children's cough medicine. Um, what is that insane? Say they're between third and fourth best team in the, in the NFC. What do you What do you think, Breach? The Packers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the 49ers are clearly better. I think the Saints are clearly better. And then I would go, you could put them at three. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I I think they're probably three. I look, yeah. They swept the Vikings. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Vikings are better than the Packers. They swept them. And 
I don't think Aaron Rodgers is that good anymore. Hey, welcome. Yeah. Look, welcome man. aboard. You guys, I know that's a hot take on, on Twitter and it's, it's not a hot take. It's here's, would, well, let me put it this way. You can make a list of how many teams would you make a list of where you wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers before said quarterback on that team? Well, I mean, what, what is the goal here to, to play 16 regular season games and win one sure. game? Yeah. What, like, what's the goal? I mean, yeah. Kirk Cousins has been better than Aaron Rodgers this year. Okay. You can take, you can take Kirk Cousins. That's fine. Aaron Rodgers was 26 of 40 for 216 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, and generally just didn't look good on Monday night. What well, about the other let, let me just say there's a big difference between Aaron Rodgers not being as good as Aaron Rodgers used to be and Aaron Rodgers being a below average NFL quarterback. So which one right. are you guys saying? Are you saying because uh, it's obvious that he's not as good as Aaron Rodgers used to be. No one's disagreeing with that. But if you're saying he's not as good as the average NFL quarterback – you know, that is That's where the wrong. debate starts. Yeah. I don't think any of us are saying that. Okay, good. Because if that. you well, look yeah, at. No one's as good as uh, top tier MVP Aaron Rodgers. No, no, like there's. Patrick That's Mahomes is probably the only quarterback. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. But that, Russell That's Wilson. two. Well, here's Three. the thing uh, in terms of value per play, which you is. Said, you meant, like, you know. Well, and then I named names. You, right. Then you named three people. Out of juries. So that's here's, less than here's, 10%. here's one more. Aaron Rodgers ranks 12th in value per play this season. Deshaun Watson is 11. So, I mean, it ain't like some huge chasm. Derek Carr, by the way, is ninth. Is anyone taking Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers at any point in either career? <laughs> no. Okay. So uh, but, yeah, I, 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 from the get-go, I, I never said Aaron Rodgers is trash now. But I've been saying for a long time Aaron Rodgers is You said, welcome to the trash mobile, Brinson. Thank you. We heard you, Sean. You, you need to drink more wine on this podcast because I, I like fake news, Wilson. <laughs> FNW, baby. Throw me off because I can't tell. I'm like, is he serious? Is he really? <laughs> He's I drunk. can't believe we're going to have wins over Wilson, and then that's going to be counteracted by fake news, Wilson. Yeah. Do you so know? Who led, do you know who led the Vikings in total yardage in this game? I, I do not. Uh, Stefan. No. Stefan was beaten out by one yard by this player. I know. He lost. I, I did. I did grades. I know. I, I know. Sean, do you know? Abdullah. That's right. Amir uh, yes. Because someone tweeted something about it, I think, as a joke. By the way, about the Mike Boone stuff, I'm sorry, but if you started Mike Boone on Monday night in your fantasy championship expecting him to lead you to glory, I think that's on you. That's I mean, a lot of people. want to do it. Oh, it depends on who you sat. I mean, yeah, right. A lot of people were depending on Mike Boone tonight, it seemed like. Sean, it. Sean, were, were you in any fantasy finals this weekend? Yeah, I was in a lot of third place well, games. Though. Well, because if you weren't, then I don't think you should really talk down to people who were like, saying, like me. People, people were mad at, at Mike Boone. Like, thanks for nothing, Mike Boone. I was like, he's Mike Boone. What did you expect out of Mike Boone? He's Mike Boone. He did Mike Boone things. Jeez. There were people who started thinking, people were like, should I start Aaron Jones or Mike Boone? It's like, oh. <laughs> I hope you didn't start Mike. Maybe you didn't listen to me and start Mike Boone. Um, just saying. Wait, uh, that is a bad one. But for the record, my options were Mike Boone or Patrick Laird. Those are my only two options. Oh, that's fine. And I ended up going with Mike Boone. The, pa- look, the Packers have been bad against the run. And uh, Mike Boone got pulled off the field, and the, and the Vikings basically abandoned the, the run. They couldn't, they couldn't run the ball at all, and they got manhandled. Uh, so Amir Abdullah appeared out of nowhere, a throwback running back who decided to show up in week 16 on Monday night. You know who else decided to show up? A throwback running back? Oh yeah. Beast mode is 
back. Marshawn Lynch has signed with the Seahawks. His agent, Doug Hendrickson, tweeted out immediately after the game. Uh, for once, Marshawn decided not to hog the spotlight like he did in uh, Super Bowl 50. Remember that, Ryan? Oh, yeah, I do. I was taking photographs of him hiding behind the curtain, trying not nope, wanting to come out. No, I'm, I'm talking about when he retired mid-Super Bowl in the San Francisco Super Bowl. Um, what happened there? I was maybe thinking we did the picture of the cleats on the. Uh, oh, 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 right. I was thinking when he didn't want to talk to the media when he was actually in the Super Bowl. Breach always finds a way to make it about himself with his own tweet. By the way, before you go on about um, Marshawn, uh, I want to read this tweet. See if you can tell me who tweeted this. Hey, Seattle, why not Sean Alexander? <laughs> H doesn't matter. Give him a call. Do you even want to get an older running back? Weird move. Should we just do an entire podcast where we read Prisco tweets? <laughs> what, 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 Why do tweet that? What if CBS did like a separate podcast and it's nothing but like spoken word Prisco tweets? Like, it's called, it's called OK Boomer. Yeah, it's like, oh. hello, Seattle. Why not call Sean Alexander? And, like, and Brenton, Adam. you have the perfect spoken word voice right now. Like the low, gruffy, mm. reading Prisco's. It would Sam, be perfect. Sam, uh, not uh, Sam, but Sam from, what's his name? I just told you his name, Sean. Splamidex, I'll have to look it up. Get, get your wife in the mood by having Brinson read in his low voice Prisco tweets. What well, were we talking about? Sam what? He's an actor, the old guy who was... Uh, See the new Elliot. Barry Manilow. Thank you, Sam Elliott. You're Sam Elliott. Thank you. Thanks for paying attention, Brinson. Sean, you're used to I just know what you're talking about. The old guy from uh, from Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski, yeah. I would kick. <laughs> and he's also in Parks and Rex. He's the uh, Eagleton version of Ron Swanson. Can I read some Prisco tweets in that voice? Packers offensive line is the MVP of this game. Dominating <laughs> front. Good sign after what happened against Chargers and 49ers. Play clock issues always for the Packers. Go faster. If you say so. <laughs> no. It's, this is like listening to Barry White read Prisco tweets. Don't. <laughs> like, why would you care about Sonny Marshawn? They don't have any running backs. Who? Hey, moron. My picks were eight six one against the spread. That was my tweet. Here's my question about the Marshawn signing. Oh my god! Oh my god! No! no, no oh my god! Last night Pete tweeted, "Is anyone in the NFC that good?" And then, <laughs> is anyone in the NFC that good? Packers NFC's best team. Um, I don't know. What we're doing. Breach was going to say something about Marshawn. Oh, Marshawn Lynch is back, right? Now. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is number one, the last time he was inside a stadium. He had what may or may not have been a joint. He was lighting it off the Al Davis eternal flame of light. I think you guys all remember that picture. Uh, and then he was also at the Raiders Stadium two weeks ago handing out tequila shots. So, uh, you know, like who knows what he's been doing. A lot of people wondering if, you know, can he pass a drug test right now? Because he doesn't hide the fact that he enjoys – doing certain things on the side that are legal in both Washington and California. So it's not like he's doing anything against the law, but it is still against NFL rules. Uh, so I think that's a. Wow. Breach just accused Marshawn Lynch of doing drugs. I didn't accuse him of anything. Sounded like it. Um, how many carries do you think Marshawn Lynch, get? Marshawn Lynch gets in week 17, Sean? Uh, nine. Is he going to play in Week 17? You think? I mean, who, to to your point, like, why does Prisco care? Who else are they going to hand the ball to? Homer? Like, that's why. Like, I don't think anyone should obviously expect him to come in, even if he's in good shape. 
he's not in football shape. Like, he hasn't played a game in a really long – he only played in six games last year. Did he play at the end of the year? Uh, anyways, it's been it's been at least a year. Uh, but they have no one else. I mean, why not give the ball to him five times, ten times? Signed Robert Turbin as well. <laughs> yeah, they signed Turbin. That's right. Um, yeah, see that pumped up about Marshall Lynch. I'm pretty thrilled to have him back in our lives. No, I'm just great. like set up to be disappointed when he doesn't look good behind a bad offensive line that's injured. I mean, but you have Beastquake 2.0. Sean Marshawn Lynch is his own offensive line. He doesn't need an offensive line. He is beast mode, man. He's going to go out there. He's going to run for like 95 yards. I mean, the Seahawks probably still won't win because they have 95 injuries to deal with. Uh, but I think he'll do okay. And he likes to play one game and then, you know, that's the playoffs. It's not like he's playing a whole season here. If he goes off in the playoffs, though, that will be like the best story of the postseason. Would would Marshawn Lynch going nuts in the postseason and vaulting the Seahawks to the Super Bowl put, get him in the Hall of Fame? No. Yes. Yes. I think it might. It wouldn't. Okay, Boomer. So <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, thinks, Ryan thinks no one's going into the Hall of Fame. So it's, it's, you like think only, Hines, it's only Heinz Warder and Troy Polamalu and Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> you think everyone's going in, Sean, so shut it. Here's a list of running backs. Thursday. Thursday. To find out who Ryan thinks he's getting in the Hall of Fame, by the way. We broke, uh, we broke down our Thursday episode. I'll give you a sneak peek. Nobody. Um, here are the available running backs to, to pre, to Prisco's point about why it makes sense to sign Marshawn Lentz because there's no, there's Alfred Morris, Alex Collins, Chris Ivory, Travis Cadet. I mean, what are you doing? You don't have a choice. CJ Anderson is probably the best of the bunch. LeGarrette Blunt. Is anyone signing him? So these are the names you're sort of working with if you're looking for a running back at this stage. Alfred Blue. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and, and it's a good story. So like, why not? And even and he's the you, best of the bunch. I mean, Doug he, Martin, maybe, but I'd rather have Marshawn Lynch. Even if you thought any of those guys were slightly better, Marshawn comes with the advantage that he already knows the offense. So you have to sit there and teach him. He's only going to have two days of practice before he has to play in this game on Sunday. Uh, so you kind of want something that's at least somewhat familiar with what you're doing instead of having him out there just guessing plays, which Marshawn Lynch will probably be really good at. That would be fun to watch an offense where, hey, Russell, just give me the ball, man. Just give me the ball. Did um, Marshawn say we got unfinished business? I don't know. Who's he talking to? Um, yeah, it's like you – hold on. Let's see. Well, well, you know what? I'm not going to try and find the sound for it. Okay, moving oh, along, I guess. Leave me alone. Mike McCarthy reportedly interviewed with the Panthers, as I told you he would months ago, weeks ago. Um, Adam Schiff reported. I said it, and you guys are like, that'd be ridiculous. Uh, would he be a fit in Carolina? I say potentially. He's the huh. analytics guy because that's what Tepper's looking for. I think the analytics thing is being overblown. By the way, quickly before we move on, just so I can dunk on you guys because it won't be on the podcast about Marshawn Lynch. I looked it up. Remember I sent you the link, link from uh, Pro Football Reference about how they did the Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame stuff? What was that? I don't know. I think I think Breach was throwing his voice. But anyway, so the average Hall of Fame running back is Stratos Terrell Davis, who we know made it. And below that is Gale Sayers and Earl Campbell and then Edge James. Who hasn't been in? Earl Campbell and Gail Sayers obviously are in. And then you go all the way down to Marshawn, and he is in the same category with Jamal Lewis, LaShawn McCoy, Warwick Dunn. So he's a really, really good running back. I don't think him carrying the Seahawks to the Super Bowl is going to magically vault him into the Super Bowl. That's my take. You know what I think about that, Ryan? We can't wait to hear it. You can go to any team as a free agent you want. Why Seattle? 
You <laughs> <laughs> said, why? Yeah, we got history there. And we got unfinished business. Marshawn Lynch so much. I used to have a coffee cup that said Beast Mode. I love Marshawn Lynch out of coming out of Cal. Like I, I loved him with the Buffalo Bills, and I love him with Seattle. And he might be one of my five favorite NFL players ever. So you know what, Ryan? You what? take your little sad attitude where you don't like Marshawn, and you don't like Terrell Suggs, and you don't like legitimate Hall of Famers, and you take it and you shove it where the sun don't shine. My word. Hines Ward that he's trash, he's a blocker, and he ain't never getting in can. Does you got a game bat, though. Suck it. Does this change anyone's feeling about the game Sunday and over <laughs> under 75 rushing yards a little, for, for Marshawn? Uh, way under. Way under. I, I just want to say, poor Mike McCarthy. Ryan said five words, and then we're back to Marshawn already. <laughs> no, I, I was looking at the stats real quick, so we can go back to Mike McCarthy. He was like, before we move on, after he was like, I don't know. And what he meant was before we like before we move on to Mike McCarthy, I would like to move back to Marshawn. If Mike McCarthy gets hired and and then signs Marshawn Lynch, how many games does he win? Everybody's face. I was just I was trying to combine the two topics. Um, I would take under <laughs> under on seventy five yards, and yes, it sort of makes me think that the Seahawks are going to win this game. That's how I feel, man. I'm like, I wrote my picks. I have the Forty ers winning a close one. But now that Marshawn, it just feels like there's a weird spark, some weird juju that just feels like. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I like I don't even think Pete Carroll's bringing it back because he thinks he can run for 100 yards. I think he's bringing it back because everybody's going to be like, oh, hell yeah. Marshawn's up in here. Like, that crowd is going to be loose. Those players are going to be hyped. It's going to be like a playoff atmosphere Sunday night. I mean, like, do you think Ross is going to lose with Marshawn in there? No. He's lo- he lost the Super Bowl with Marshawn standing right behind him. <laughs> <laughs> You, I don't know what the, the city of Seattle and Pete Carroll has on Brinson and, and Breach, but they they act they it's weird how they're like yeah that makes sense they'll, they'll sign some guy who hasn't played football in two years it and then suddenly sense. they'll win a bunch of football it makes, games it makes total sense. Okay. By the way, this is like insight into Brinson's prediction process, and now <laughs> this is why you understand why he picked the center to win rookie of the year, <laughs> but also why. If this is actual game prediction process, why he's leading our against the spread picks and I'm leading our straight up picks. So maybe uh, there is some madness to our logic that works there. Boom. Sorry, I didn't mean to dunk on you, Sean. I promise. Welcome. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even on the picks page, so. My name <laughs> is too long. Although apparently Ryan is now two picks behind me against the spread with one week to go. And Dubin's one pick behind me for straight up. Hey, Dubin's one pick behind you for straight up? Yeah. Here we go. This is the. Wait, but I'm tired of Ryan and straight up now. <laughs> you said you were going to catch him like three weeks ago and uh, I yeah. we, we were five picks apart. I don't care about that. I'm focusing on, on against the spread because I don't gamble. <laughs> and this guy's whole life is gambling. And the most degenerate thing ever is to lose to someone who is so straight laced against the spread. And if you die before the picks, I still win. So don't use that as an excuse. No, this is awesome. It's against the spread and straight up. We're tied. You're two back and against the spread. Everything's at stake. Uh, yeah, just, pick that game, uh, Breach. He's winning that. Brinson's cough is so bad, I feel like I'm getting his germs through Skype. He is <laughs> over there just dying. I, I don't know if I can take this. I'm going to go get a He's, medical mask to finish this podcast. He wants sympathy because right. we're about to walk him down against the spread. I mean, look, uh, I think Breach is I, – I am not. I am not. I will tell you that. You're not clenched or not going to walk me down? I am not walking you down against the spread. I blew it this week. It was – I went like three twelve and one. I think it was 
I saved my ugliest week. You did go three twelve and one. Wow, that is not. I went seven eight one. That's bad. Well, I, I almost matched Rice. Ryan, what was your week? That did you go zero and sixteen one week or one and fifty? Yeah, I think I went. I went. 0. That's actually impressive. Thank you. Like that's nearly impossible. And by the way, this is the same guy that's getting ready to walk Brenton down against the spread. <laughs> the guy went zero and sixteen. Oh, you had Green Bay tonight, so you picked up another one on me. Mm, big. What I do? What I do this week? Uh, ten five and one. You and Dubin tied for the lead. My word. <laughs> Best Christmas, Christmas ever. <gasps> well, Danny <laughs> got paid. Um, I never. All right. So Mike. Yeah, McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. I don't think he would be a good fit, and um, I think he would be a step down from Ron Rivera. If you're asking me personally, I think Ron Rivera had more discipline. His co- his players seemed to like him much more than the way things ended in Green Bay for Mike McCarthy. And um, maybe he's changed, and I think that's sort of the whole thing we saw with that video with Tom Pelissaro to project what he's been doing. He's been working with coaches and scheming things up and evolving, but I don't know if he necessarily is going to be a completely different coach when things get you know, hot and heavy in the middle of a game. You sort of revert back to what you've been doing. Well, I don't even know if the, like, the offensive issues are what David Tepper would be concerned about with analytics. I think his concern would probably be more like – being aggressive on fourth down, utilizing play, you know what I mean? Like doing stuff that, you know, sort of outside the box of normal coaching behavior. And so that to me is where I – Do we know whether – because I don't know off the top of my head. I just know the play calling was stale. Do we know whether Mike McCarthy was a go-forward on fourth down guy or not? Because I don't know. He's not. Do you not remember the playoff game in Seattle where he oh. kicked like three or two field goals inside like the five-yard line and that crazy onside kick? Yep. Marshawn, the Marshawn Lynch, he had a big run at the end. Yeah. And, yeah. and, that, was, and that was like – pre-analytics, so it was like... That was like four years ago, maybe? Yeah, but... No, it was like... That was the NFC title game, right? Yeah. 2015. All right. Yeah, so four years ago. But I mean, like, it it wasn't pre-analytics, but it wasn't like... Like, now, if somebody... But it wasn't as... Everybody's like, you coward! And like, back then, it was like, you gotta go! And people were like, what are you talking about? You can't go there. It's professional football. This is a national football league. You don't go there. Take the points tweet, and that's what you were supposed to do. Exactly. Um... Ooh, that was Mason Crosby kicked an 18-yard field goal and a 19-yard field goal oh, in the first 10 word. minutes. Oh. And then the Seahawks blew a 19-7 to lead in the final two minutes and 10 seconds. Oh, that's because the guy tried to catch the onside kick. He wasn't supposed to catch it. What was his name? I don't know, but he got death threats. Maybe we shouldn't bring it up. So, Breach, you be um, McCarthy, and I'll be David Tepper. So, Mike, can you explain to me why you kicked an 18-yard, 19-yard field goal in that playoff loss to the – to the Packers or to the Seahawks? Well, we were playing the Seahawks, and I had no respect for their offense. I thought our defense was really good and that we would shut them down. And Let me honestly, stop you there, Mike. I thought field goals Please could leave. win the game. I'm and picking out. Mr. Tepper, we were up 13 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, so there was no reason for me to think at that point that any of my decisions were going to backfire. <laughs> um, well, here's the, I, other, here's the follow-up. Would you do it again? Because if the answer is you have to you know, have some expert in there who can read body language. If you surmise that he would do it again, then that ends the interview. Uh, I would say no. From the one-yard line, I wouldn't. I would give the ball to Marshawn, who I will sign to be on my team. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would hire Mike McCarthy. Just... I, I think the problem with it is you're basically hiring offensive Ron Rivera. <laughs> right. Like, like a good without coach. the Without necessarily the respect of the players. We don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think McCarthy gets the respect of the players. I don't know. I don't he know. was Hate allegedly, allegedly taking massage, having massages during team meetings. I mean, he got to. thrown under the bus pretty badly on the way out of town. Like, That's true. I don't disagree with that. 
I mean, they were 16 nothing at halftime of the NFC Championship game. game and you can also argue that we don't know how much of the problem was with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers isn't known to be – like he seems to be sometimes can rub people the wrong way. Oh, my God. I forgot that um, the Seahawks scored their first touchdown. Was it on a fake punt or a fake – no, it was a fake field goal. Yeah. It was yeah. a fake field goal. They ran a fake field goal when they were down 16 nothing, scored a touchdown, and then it just sort of – like and that was the other problem too with his offense is that he didn't go foot to the gas once he got on. Like when you're up sixteen nothing, I understand why you want to be conservative and let your defense win. But like you're in Seattle against you know, maybe Russell Wilson wasn't Russell Wilson then. He's you good put, for sure. He threw the touchdown pass to win it that split like three guys down the middle oh, yeah. of the field. Well, he'd already won a Super Bowl, right? By the way, there's nothing more infuriating the fact that they would do a fake field goal to score a touchdown and then punt. Every time from the 50-yard line and never go for it on fourth and two. That doesn't make any sense. I, yeah, all the, the, all the, that was the year the Seahawks threw the goal line pick, the, the Marshawn. Oh. Yeah. yeah. All I'm saying is that Mike McCarthy's offense was also conservative in times when he would get a lead. He would just be willing to like ease up and run the ball. It wouldn't go, you know, go for the jugular. So I think yeah. that's, you know, that's a question to be asked. Um, so I don't, I don't think he'll get the job, but I well, would. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Is there a good fit for him? NFL team wise, where he would make sense. I think I do think Carolina would be a good fit for him. You just said that he's going to be conservative on offense. I think the Browns would be a good fit for him. Yeah, maybe. I, I think they have they have what it takes to run like kind of a classic offense. But he did run a progressive offense, and obviously anybody besides Freddie Kitchens in there would be a step. Well, would up. you rather have Mike McCarthy or Ron Rivera as Cleveland's head coach? I probably would rather have McCarthy in that situation. I think I'd rather but, have Rivera for I the think discipline. I think it depends who is Rivera's offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, Mike McCarthy had three losing seasons in his 13 years in Green Bay. And how, he also and, had and, Aaron and does, Yeah, but I think two of those years were Aaron Rodgers' injury years, right? Exactly. Yep. So, I, I mean. But, like, he's Rodgers? the one who developed Aaron Rodgers. I mean. No, no, no. He is the one, and it's worth pointing this out, Mike, Michael Davis Smith points, pointed this out a lot early on. He was the one who drafted Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. Well, he, was, he, was he, was he was the OC. He was the OC. He didn't draft him. He had, I'm sure he had a lot of input. I, I mean, I don't think he had final say as the offense. No, I, a lot, not all. But my point is that. Sure. No, I mean, yeah, there's always, so, there always a belief that maybe Rodgers was like bitter about that. In, that was in the yeah. massage story. Yeah, that like that he held a grudge. Yeah, <laughs> I I just think that, that I think there's a decent chance. Like, I, I think if you're Carolina and you're deciding on who to hire, like, are we like, are you sure that Kevin Stefanski is going to be a better hire or Greg yeah. is going to be a better hire than Mike McCarthy? Like, you're really rolling the dice if you go with somebody who you don't know has that CEO ability and who had like he took a year off. He might come back and be really recharged. Who knows? No, you don't. He know. was he was a good head coach. He won sixty-one, 62% of his games as the Packers. But again, he had a franchise quarterback. That he developed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he just had to fall in his lap. You know, just lucked right into it. And a lot of times that's what happens. I think Bill Belichick, you could say, luck, he lucked into Tom Brady. Well, I mean, I mean, you can say it did fall in his lap because he was not the guy who drafted Aaron Rodgers. He, he did develop, I'll give you that, Princeton, but he did fall in his lap. Because he didn't draft him. Yep. But like he, I mean, he took the job, not you know the year after he got drafted. Because mm-hmm. he was in San Francisco with Alex Smith. 
Wait, wait, he took the where, job. Where they pass on Aaron Rodgers. As I pointed out, two Mike McCarthy. Yeah, that's what I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I know. I'm just laughing at Sean because I know he'd get him fired he, up. He took the job and coached Brett Favre. Like he didn't know what Aaron Rodgers would definitely be. He groomed Aaron Rodgers. Right, I agree with that. I'm just saying he, there is luck involved because Rodgers fell in his lap. Well, but he chose the job because Rodgers and Favre were there, and he believed he could help develop Rodgers. And, no, 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 no. Let's let's not rewrite history. He chose the job because that's the job he was offered. If he loved Aaron Rodgers so much, you would imagine he'd have banged the table more. Well, shouldn't shouldn't he get credit that they could have brought Favre back because Favre wanted to come back, and they were like, "No, we're riding with Rodgers." That so was 2000. That. What year? 2008. So that was three. Yeah, they went six three years in Aaron Rodgers' career. Right, but I'm saying. Shouldn't the Packers, including McCarthy, get credit for saying and say, they could have brought Favre back if they wanted to bring Favre back because Favre wanted like, to come back? How old was he then? Thirty nine, forty. Yeah, and then he three more went years to, after that. Yeah, no, and after the two thousand seven season, is that what we're talking about? Two thousand eight, yeah. he played for the Jets. Right, no, but that's because he, he he had said he was going to retire, so they're like, all right, we're moving on. You can't come back to us. That's it. It's that simple. Right. That's what I'm trying to give them credit for yeah. that they could have taken him back, and no one would have criticized them for taking back Brett Favre. And they okay. were like, "No, we're gonna we trust Rogers, and we're gonna develop him." Yeah, that's a, that's a weird flex. Okay, it's not a weird. And then they, they went six and ten, and people were like, "They made a huge mistake." Favre looks great. Rogers no they went six and ten, and then the next year, oh, William Bam, thank you, ma'am, eleven and five. And then they lost the Arizona Cardinals. People were like, Rodgers can't win a playoff game. And then the next year, I'll win. You're just rewriting history uh, in your brain. <laughs> since we're since we're talking about Rodgers and Favre, I have a good trivia question for you guys. Who earned more number one overall seeds in the NFC, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Favre. The answer is y'all are wrong because they tied. Oh, trick question. By the way. They, uh, they both got him. They both yeah. earned one. Packers, Favre got his in 1996 and Rodgers got his in 2011. Worst uncle ever, John Breach. By the way, to back up your, your story, Breach, uh, Brinson, and Sean, Brett Favre in 2007, his last year in Green Bay, he ranked fifth in DVOA. So he actually had a really, really good season. And he was third in um, va- uh, total value behind Brady and Manning that year and just behind Tony Romo and Drew Brees. So, um, But I think John's right. He kept saying, I'm going to retire, and then holding these tear-filled press conferences and then changed his mind when he realized he didn't want to spend the rest of his life on a farm in Mississippi or wherever he lives now. Was that the year that he threw the interception in overtime against, like, the Giants? Yes. In the, and Tom That's Coughlin's when, um, face was, like, so red he thought right. he was going to die. Yeah. They lost twenty to twenty three that year. And then that's he did Tom the same Coughlin thing did. when he played for the Vikings three years later against the Saints. Yeah, that's what the, the Giants upset the the uh, Patriots. But I'm saying, yeah, literally far through two picks that cost his team a shot at Super Bowls. Ugly late right, game. Like it was going to be far versus the undefeated Patriots, and instead it was like, ah, oh, the Giants are going to get. <laughs> so it was right then and there. The if he doesn't throw that pick, Eli's not in the Hall of Fame. Oh. oh, God. Here we go. That's on a different pod. <laughs> That's, the That's the tease. That should be our entire Christmas Day podcast. Wednesday's podcast on Christmas Day. So we won't talk to you guys again. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll talk to you guys again live until uh, I hope Happy the, Hanukkah. Until the playoffs. Or until week 17 to recap. Excuse me. Happy um, Kwanzaa. Wednesday's podcast is. Happy Boxer Day. Is that Canada? Happy Christmas, Christmas. I hate Boxing Day. Because your wife punches you in the face? Nice. Or because you don't like Canadians. It's so weird. Dude. I think Boxing Day is celebrated in England, too, isn't it? Is it Boxing Day the EPL? Yeah, yeah. Boxing Day is great because it's usually soccer on. Yeah.
Princeton knows that. Yeah, Princeton, as a soccer fan, you should know that. Come on. I, I just really hate Boxing Day because it's like, can you take all these bias? It's like, listen, I don't, I don't need like, just, yeah. Wait, why do you hate it? Why do you hate it? Yeah, I didn't understand the explanation. I heard something about boxes. Do you think it's actually about boxes? Yeah, you do. You did Boxing Day after Christmas. You know it's all right. No. I said Boxing Day, your wife punched you in the face like boxing. That was a joke. Is You're talking a- about moving boxes around? Yeah. About boxing day. So Cut there. that clip, Devo. This guy thinks Boxing Day is about moving carpet. What's, wait, what's Boxing Day about? What's your Boxing Day about? My <laughs> Boxing Day is about something they do in Canada and in England. It's a yeah. national holiday. What you like box up your Christmas stuff? Is that what you mean? Yeah, you box it up. You do it on the 26th? <laughs> you got to go your boxes out. Everybody knows that. Celebrate the Brinson household. We burn the Canadian flag while we're at it. You know, Brinson's, he's, he's, uh, he's, Backed into a corner, he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> All right, carry on with your. Uh, In your fairness, story. I don't think anyone here actually probably knows why they call it Boxing Day. I, I don't. Have no idea. <laughs> I know it's not I because Princeton takes boxes out of his house on December twenty sixth. All right, what's oh, next? We'll explain why they call it Boxing Day. Yeah, what'd you find out, Sean? No, it looks like there's not an easy answer. I Wikipedia it. There are competing theories for the origins of the oh, term, none yeah. of which are definitive. Which footnote is Brinson taking boxes out of his closet? Yes, <laughs> number 99. <laughs> number 98 the box, is AK. The boxing is when you take a box of your, you take your box of leftovers to your servants. So boxing is. Your servants? That's he just it. looked that up. He's acting like he knew it off the top of his head. He just looked it up. The Lord of the Manor. Please <laughs> <laughs> stop it. You're Jeremy Irons in, uh, in Watchmen. Is that who you are now? How I, just like possible. that Princeton just said he has servants. I mean, well, he's I mean, reading it like he knew it as a fact, even though he, the last five minutes he didn't know what he's talking about. Yes, Watchmen is great. I'm sorry Watchmen. for bringing you a Boxing Day. I didn't awesome. turn into a Boxing Day podcast. What, what do you think Boxing Day is, Breach? Uh, it's a celebratory holiday that many countries around the world celebrate. It's a day of giving. It's a, you get all the gifts on Christmas for yourself, but then you give on Boxing Day. It's a secular holiday. Boxing Everybody Day is when Breach boxes up his victims and mails them to himself as an extra <laughs> present. Brinson, do they uh, celebrate that in Seoul, South Korea? <laughs> oh, <laughs> End of the year dunked on. <laughs> oh, great timing. Diva's waiting for that. <laughs> wow, the side, like out of nowhere. He was out sitting in a nowhere. dark room and just... Just decapitated, Brinson. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Are you sure? A visitor uh, from the Commonwealth Rails are surprised that Boxing Day in the United States is not, as it is back home, an occasion to box up goods to donate to the unfortunate. Instead, December 26th is the day when Americans celebrate the box, mostly of the cardboard variety. Never heard of that before, but if that's the way you do, more power to you, man. I mean, it feels like I'm right and you guys are wrong. Okay. So you fill up your boxes and give them away to charity? No. I didn't hear he's... Clean up all the stupid present boxes in your house. And give that away to charity? No, I think he's just literally talking about he just cleans up all the present garbage, and that's why he thinks it's called Boxing Day, which I feel like, again, number 99 on the list. (laughs) On the footnote. All right, what were you saying before I sadly mentioned all the other holidays that people might be celebrating? I'm sorry sorry for your worldly holiday knowledge, Sean. Thank you. Oh, (laughs) Ryan. Ryan thinks he knows stuff. He didn't know bleep. I was Jack's. Cost, I was costume a second. I'm, I'm, I'm not here. To, I'm not trying to jack around with you here. All right, jack around. Uh, time to jack all right, around. Let's go to break. Jonathan Jones on the other side. After Jonathan Jones, will be a Wednesday podcast. It will feature 
90-minute mailbag. And then Thursday's podcast is me, Ryan, and Sean talking about Hall of Famers. Then we'll be back on Friday to do the picks. Merry Christmas, everybody. And to you, Breach, happy <laughs> MF and Boxing Day. <laughs> the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, joining us now, man, I sound awesome, uh, as he has the last few weeks to talk about the NFL games he joined, and there were two great games for the program. Awesome colleague. Quoted in the Washington Post recently. Jonathan Jones. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Uh, <laughs> I was just reading, just doing some light reading. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I just happened upon that recently that's myself. Good, that's a good quote. Um, Thanks. You were in, uh, multiple places. You pointed out last week. You were in, uh, both the, uh, both New England. For the Pats Bills game on Saturday and then Philadelphia for Cowboys Eagles game on Sunday. That's which, a true story. Which, um, which I don't know. I mean, like, I guess they're different games, but like each one sort of felt like sort of a, I mean, like they're both, they both decided the division basically, right? I mean, yes. which, which well, one yeah. did, I did, which one felt more important to you? But, well, I mean, for the purposes of now, I yeah. think obviously Philadelphia felt more important. For sure. And, you know, I'm also going to be at, uh, Eagles at Giants next Sunday. Um, because that will obviously ultimately decide the NFC East. But in terms of like what felt greater, like the totality of it for me was Patriots bills because this is a bills team going into that game. Oh, and five under Sean McDermott against the Patriots. Um, but. You know, the, the gap was narrower than ever before leading up to that game. And I think that we saw it in that game. This, you know, the Bills came in with the third best scoring defense in the, in the NFL. Josh Allen, um, has not played fantastic this season, <laughs> certainly better than last year, but then he has not turned the ball over like almost at all, uh, this second half of the season. And so you see him starting to, turn that corner you have the defense you have a disciplined team in the bills and i thought boy if they can beat the patriots this could really be uh not a changing of the guard necessarily but hey the afc east is not the patriots to win uh by week 10 anymore and they stretched them out to the fourth quarter of week 16 and so had they gotten that win i would have been like whoo boy buffalo bills let's circle the wagons but (laughs) for now you know the, the patriots are still the kings I think if the, I think either way, next year in 2020, we're going to see a lot of people picking the Bills to win the division, which is something that has not happened, sure. JJ, since like, I, 
I don't. Um, 99, maybe? Well, I mean, like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, no, like, oh, probably 03 and 04, there were probably people picking them. Or maybe, like, I don't remember, we're oh. 2000, I'm saying, like, we're 2010, like, preseason, where people, I don't remember, maybe people were picking the, the Jets to win it because they'd been to the AFC. I'm sure somebody got cute and picked the Jets to win it. You know what I mean? Um, right. And like, but that's, that didn't happen for 10 years. Cause you, you're an idiot. Like we make, I make stupid prognostications all the time. I'm not dumb enough to pick somebody to, you know, to beat the Patriots in the division, but there will be people picking the bills to win. And I agree with you. Like totality wise, it's more important. What, I mean, what, what did you take away from that disaster in Dallas? Do you, who do you, who do you pin the blame on? If you got to pin more than 50% of the blame on one person, is it easily Jason Garrett? It is easily Jason Garrett because they are easily the the more talented team than the Philadelphia Eagles, right? I mean, God love Greg Ward, Robert Davis, and JJ Ortega Whiteside. Ortega like, Whiteside. Ortega Whiteside. But honestly, like this is not that that's not a legitimate wide receiving group that should be winning football games in December in the NFL. And I covered a, a Super Bowl team. That went out there with Philly Brown and Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah, and Britton Burson, you know? And so I feel qualified to say that. Um, and so yeah, it, it, that, that they couldn't get into the end zone. Um, that Dallas was stymied by everything that Philly's run defense was doing when Ezekiel Elliott had never rushed for less than 90 yards in a game against Philly in his previous five games against the Eagles. Like, this this absolutely falls on Jason Garrett. I know that Dak, and I wrote this, right? That Dak had the shoulder. He was inaccurate at times. But still, I don't even I, – I, you cannot tell me the logic and the rationale to take off Randall Cobb and to take off Amari Cooper and to put in Blake Jarwin and, and ESPN's Jason Witten for the final play of the game. What are you trying to do on fourth and eight with a two tight end set? I don't care. Those are your two best receiving options. And, and you take him off the field. You have like Amari is a guy that you traded a first round pick for. What what do you? I mean, D- D- I know Dax hurt, but like just run Amari on a on a deep route and like try and draw pass interference or put it up for him to beat a bad defensive back and then like do a clear out and run you know Randall Cobb underneath. And, I mean, like, or like where was Cole Beasley? I mean, he was in Buffalo. I, I don't know. It's like a like. It, it is crazy. The coaching was just, and how many, we talked about this on the Sunday recap show, but like how many times this season have you seen the Cowboys run a sprint option right or sprint option left in a big moment when more than anything in the world, they need to get a first down. It doesn't make any, the offensive coordinating is a, is a problem too, I think. And I don't, I don't know whether that's on Garrett or whether that's on Kellen Moore, but like ultimately it does fall on the head coach. It does, and I'm not entirely sure on that Kellen Moore point either. I mean, it does – let's not forget, back in September, everyone was calling him the next head coach sure. of the blah, 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 right? Yeah. Uh, and that's that's not the case anymore, and yeah. we'll see if he even gets a, a call um, in a couple of weeks. Might but, not, he might have a job with the Cowboys in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I want to say something, though. Well, like you mentioned, you make crazy prognostications. And, and the one that you always make all the time, I know people joke with you about it, are the LA Chargers. Yeah. But since we were talking about the Patriots, and since we're talking about the Los Angeles football Chargers, I want to ask you, like, do you really believe in any of this thought that Tom Brady could potentially mm. go play for the Chargers and be that sort of stepbrother in the house with the Rams? No, I don't. 
I don't, I don't think Tom, I mean, I, I buy the idea that he would go to LA and that he would like to expand the TB12 brand, but I can't get in, I can't get behind the idea that like you, I mean, you, you don't have kids. You're not married. I but, don't, but you're, I, I am not right. But you're like, you're, you're an adult. Do you know, like you, you've moved jobs. You just recently moved jobs. You moved to CBS is when you moved jobs, was it a seamless, easy transition or was changing everything in your life a huge pain in the ass? Well, I'll tell you, CBS made it as <laughs> seamless as possible. Right. No, but, but yeah, the, the point being that like you're wondering like, is this my current insurance card or is this my last right. insurance exactly. card? Exactly. And like, I mean, like, like Tom Brady's not going to have to do all this changing football teams, but like he's not going to have the same infrastructure that he has in New England that he's had since 1990 or 2000. Like he's going to have to completely change his life for what? One year in LA? Two years in LA? No, look, if the Patriots don't want to have him back and he wants to keep playing football, that's a whole different story, but I don't think he's going to like seek out to, to build his brand elsewhere. I just don't think it's worth it to go to LA and, and try and win with the chargers. Like, dude, have you seen how badly they've messed up the primes of LaDainian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, multiple great offensive linemen, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Vincent Jackson, uh, Keenan. I mean, like they, they've got all this talent. They can't win. So like, why would you go there and think that you're going to be the guy who fixes everything? It's how you tell you not that he's going to ruin his legacy, but if Belichick keeps winning in New England and Brady goes to LA and flops, it'll flip how people view that, you know, the disparity between those two people. Oh, that's a big time. So, I mean, and this doesn't have to be a podcast about like where Tom Brady ends up, but like to, to where does Tom Brady end up? I don't, I think he, I don't know. I mean, what about Dallas? Miami? What about Dallas? Uh, surely they I don't know. Back. I, I don't know. I don't. I, talking about how different things would be, like you have uh, an owner and and a head coach who are mostly tight-lipped about football operations, and then to go to a Jerry Jones. I don't know. Miami does seem like if if Brady really does, not only does he want to prove that he that he's the reason for the success and not Belichick, going to Miami and playing Belichick twice a year would be that. Uh, and then of course, like if Drew, what if Drew Brees retires Ooh. and you want to match up with an offensive genius, you know, they can let Teddy Bridgewater, you know, obviously he's going to be a free agent. They signed Peyton to that contract extension, which I was shocked by knowing this is the end of the road for Drew Brees. I don't know. Could I talk myself into a little Tom Brady continuing to play out the string down in New Orleans? What about if, I guess the, the Giants have to, what about, what about if, um, Cam Newton's out in Carolina? And Nick Casario, Tom Brady, and uh, Joshua Daniels all go to the Panthers. That's the only way that I see Tom Brady coming to Carolina. But, hey, yeah. uh, fantastic cost of living. Schools here are great. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I know many models here in Charlotte, so Giselle can fit right in with that group. I can, you know, hook her up with plenty of numbers. There you go. Good, good for you for knowing plenty of models. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just – I think he's a – I think to him – for Tom Brady, for me – there's such a legacy that like very few quarterbacks, even Joe Montana, even Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, certainly, um, you know, uh, like, like almost every great quarterback, Brett Favre has had to go play for somebody else. You know, no, it's rare that you see a guy play for one team his whole career and have the success that Tom Brady had, win all those Super Bowls and then be able to retire as a Patriots player. So I think if it got to like, if he, to me, it's like if, if he, if they roll through the, the playoffs and win another Super Bowl, then it's like, well, 
<laughs> screw it. Let's run it back. You know, like, let's just see what happens if we run it back. Give Brady some more money and just, we, we know the formula. Get to 12 wins and just fight off Lamar and, and Mahomes and try and get through the playoffs again. So I, I think they would probably try and do that. I, I don't, I don't know if Bill Belichick, this sounds crazy too. Like, I don't know if Bill Belichick has the pull to say Tom is out. Like, what happens if Bill Belichick says, I, I can't deal with Tom anymore, and Robert Kraft's like, he just won back-to-back Super Bowls. You can deal with Tom. Like, you know that's, what I mean? like, that's, That one's going to be a tough one. But, I mean, and it's possible that Tom is already, you know, peeved enough and, sure. and the hay's out of the barn on the, or hay's in the barn on this one that, um, I didn't get my contract extension when I went to every outlet and told them I wanted to play to 45 and you guys clearly are stopping <laughs> yeah, it at yeah. 42, 43. Yeah. And so, okay, I, I can get you that other Super Bowl. Let's make it seven, but I'm going to do something else now because you missed your deadline. Well, but like, what is the alternative for the Patriots? What's the alternative? I mean, I guess you could go sign Philip Rivers if he wants to move his 42 kids there, or you could sign Andy Dalton and try and win a Super Bowl with him or roll with Jared Stidham. I mean, like, I just don't know. Like, are you going to grab Mariota? Like, what is the, I mean, to me, I know. Okay. Brady- there's, there's Bridgewater. There's again, there's yeah. Cam. Sure. I mean, like, it, there's no ruling out, uh, Bill Belichick making a move for a quarterback if he is quarterback. For sure. For sure. No, no, I'm just saying, like, if you're the Patriots, you're like, okay. To, to me, for both sides, I think it's going to come down to if Brady wants to play, they look at it and say, okay, is, is the grass really greener on the other side? Like, is the grass greener if you move on from Tom Brady? There's a lot of. So why do you put? So why do you put your home up for sale if you're Tom Brady? Why do you do everything that you were doing back in the offseason, doing that leverage play? If you, Tom Brady, know good and well that the grass is not greener on the other side, and that this is a bluff, it can't be a bluff. Everything that you did. Because if because people who are married are passive aggressive assholes to each other. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing with it all the time. Uh, no, but I mean, like, I do feel like there is some of that, like, posturing from there. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, it, I agree. Why would you sell your, you're, you're not moving, you're like going to move your three kids in the middle of the season. And who's buying your house? Like, some rich a-hole in Massachusetts would, if they, it, like, has he sold his house? I don't think so, right? I think he just put it up for sale. Yeah, but like, you're telling me there's not somebody up there who's a Patriots fan with, like, a couple hundred million dollars who's like, I want Brady's house. You know what I mean? Like, like, just go buy the house, dude. I, it's weird that I don't know. I don't know. I'd buy a pair of socks or something from him. I'd get an autograph. I don't know if I'd go out and, and truck 40, 40 big ones. I wouldn't either. I'm just saying, like, somebody's rich enough where they're like, I'm gonna own Tom Brady's house, and it's gonna be like, and for no other reason, this is own Tom Brady's house. Like, like people do dumb stuff like that all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Like, it does feel like he's making a play, but maybe it's just an exit strategy. I just can't see. Him thinking, I'm going to go win a Super Bowl in L.A. Like, unless it's just a pure brand play. Right, right. Or, you know, he, he it could be a pure brand play, or we know that he is this relently, relentlessly competitive dude, right? And so what if he just says, like, okay, I did six, seven in the AFC. Let's get one or two in the NFC. Sure. I mean, look, I think, I mean, I would be very surprised if both he and Bill Belichick internally, even if it was just subconsciously, hadn't acknowledged to themselves, like, I want to win one without him. You know what I mean? Like, everybody, I mean, that's, like, that's, that's a, it's the history of every band ever play music. You know, like, 
they're all like every lead singer wants that solo album and every, you know, everybody thinks yeah. that if they're by themselves. They could still do, they could still be great. Like they don't want to be attached or weighed down to by the other party. So I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's a, it's a fascinating question. It's like this all season is going to be bonkers between it's going to be bonkers. Brady, Rivers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Eli. Like there's a whole generation of dudes who could walk away. Um, so, all right. Let's toss out the games you went to and just continue on a generic NFL talk for a minute. What, Let's do it. Well, because I'm sort of writing right now and I'm trying to get through it and it's going slowly. But like in my mind, and we talked about this a bit on Sunday show, I was sort of trying to figure out like how have teams fared recently in terms of get hot down the stretch and then make it to the Super Bowl. And I don't really know if there's an answer, but if you had to pick one team from each side right now, having seen – Certainly three or four playoff teams up close in the last 48 hours. Um, is it any of the teams you saw, do you think are the team that you would pick to make a run or would you go with somebody else? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Buffalo though. I do think that they have what it takes to be Houston. They're a better coach team than Houston. I, so they can, I would, Buffalo is going to be a three point dog to the Texans in that game, something like that. And I would bet, I mean, like, I know you're not a betting guy, but I think Buffalo is a hammer spot. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to uh, completely agree with you. I don't even know what that phrase means, but it sounds like yeah. I agree. Like so Buffalo, I Buffalo should not be an under, they should be favored against the Texans. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and we know that's going to be like the Saturday afternoon ESPN game Absolutely. because that's the slot for every AFC South champion. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, but that's as far as they, they will lose in the divisional round, right? Going right. to, to Baltimore or New England. Yes. Um, and it would like, it would likely be Baltimore. Assuming that Kansas City dispatches of Tennessee, Oakland, Pittsburgh. Yes. Correct. Yes. Um, and so no on Buffalo past divisional round. Uh, you know, Philly is going to get, Philly or Dallas is going to get spanked by Seattle or San Francisco. So mm, I, no I don't one. I, you don't think you, what? Well, I mean, see, you know, Seattle lost Chris Carson and Dwayne Brown. I, I do know that, but they're going to also get back. Uh, Debbie and Clowney by that point, Quandre you know, Diggs. Quandre Diggs, yep. he did not play, did he? No, he did not. And so you're going to start getting those guys back, which is like the two, two of their best players on defense fair, along with fair. Bobby Wagner. Uh, no, they're going to crush them. Okay. Uh, and so then of course, of course you like the Pats and you know, good for them that they get one home game that they don't have to go out to Kansas City because they likely will face the Chiefs. I think it's going to be really hard for Baltimore, even at home, to beat to beat New England twice. It's going to be really hard for them to do that. I agree. Um, so, in terms of like, I don't know, like my favorites coming out of this, it's still New England, just based off their history. You know, I like Baltimore as a team better, but New England, it, it, you, I, I'm not. I'll, I'll die before I pick against New England going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I've I've got the two teams that I think that are peaking going into the playoffs are the Chiefs on the AFC side and the Mm -hmm. Saints on the NFC side. Now, I don't I think it's gonna be interesting. So the Ravens announced they're gonna rest all their players. And it makes sense. You should one hundred percent do that. You have the first overall seed. They're not gonna play like they're already not gonna be playing in the wild card weekend. They know that. There is no right. reason to play them in week 17 against the Steelers and potentially suffer injuries to Lamar Jackson. Like that would be, stupid. especially where the Steelers have to win this game. So they are really playing for something. You yes. just had a, a, a lower body strain for Mark Ingram as well. Yes. So yeah, and, you and got, Mark Andrews got banged up too. I mean, right. 
Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that's an easy one for them. I, I do think it'll be curious if they, so they'll probably get, like we said, the Bills or they'll get the Bills or the Texans in all likelihood in the divisional round. Correct. If they were to lose that game and the offense were to look sloppy, it would be an interesting narrative about John Harbaugh sitting his, you know what I mean? Like, like, dude, right. Run- and we get that every year, right? Sean McVay sure, basically sure. sat those guys from like the second quarter of week 16 yep, on, yep. right? Uh, and I think that now with some hindsight, we understand like, Oh, Todd Gurley really wasn't doing all that. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, we get that question all the time and I don't know. I, that's a great, like, I don't know if you're doing a story on it or, or I no, think it's better just, even for like a researcher to really dive in. Like, yes. is it better to have that week off when you already have another week off? So now you haven't played football and what's going to amount to like 20 days. Um, how good is that for the body, for the psyche? Yeah, I and I, I don't know the answer, but I do think that with the bye, it makes sense to do it. Bill O'Brien, by the way, has said he's going to play his players in Week 17, even though Kansas City will play before him, and he will know whether or not he, he is locked into the four seed going into his game. Yeah, I, I, I guess I sort of understand what I would like to see from him. And again, there's, there's also a ton of old school football mentality going on here. But what I would, what I'd like to see is, all right, those guys get a, get a half, right? And then yeah. they come out in the second half with whoever, who is the Texans backup quarterback? Joe Webb. Is it Joe? It is Joe Webb, isn't it? Good Joe Webb's on the team, I think. I don't know who the Texans No, remember is, Joe so. Webb attempted like 58 passes in the preseason in one game. Oh, it's AJ McCarron. Oh. Hmm. No. Who once compared himself to Tom Brady? Multiple Never times. forget. Never forget. I was sitting in the in the combine. He's like, I really think of myself like a Tom Brady. It's like, well, that's there you go, AJ. Good call. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't mind that. Like, if you you won't know for like, you need to let those guys do. You got to play if you're the third, if you're the fourth seed, and you can get the third seed. If the Chiefs lose, you need to go into the game preparing as if you're going to try to get the third seed because right. the third seed is way better than the fourth seed. You four Correct. seed, four seed, you get Buffalo. Third seed, you might get the Raiders or the Titans or the Steelers. Um, so I, I agree with that, but I think once it, if the Chiefs are winning by a bunch at halftime, maybe you change your mind. You make Will Fuller inactive. Um, you know, anybody who's dinged up, you sit them. And then, like you say, you give Deshaun Watson a quarter and then bail out, maybe. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm not playing Will Fuller based off his, where he's been on the injury report the last month. I'm not playing him regardless. Right. But yeah, if you if you want Deshaun Watson to get out there and just get a couple throws and keep his rhythm because he's going to play in six weeks, then okay. But that's the other thing. Like Houston is going to play on Saturday. Like you're going to have a shorter week. So let's also factor that in, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes no sense anyway. Um, so I like the Chiefs and the Saints. Who do you like coming out of the NFC? You mentioned the Patriots as a team you wouldn't bet against, which seems wise. You know, I. I really like Seattle, uh, Ooh, and and really? I pick the Saints just because you have also picked the Saints. And I, I'm going to give you credit here because I feel like maybe you were the person that said this, and I heard this a couple months ago, Go that on. the Saints it was it's going to be really hard for them in January based off their previous two Januaries and the fatigue from the Minnesota Miracle and of course the NFC Championship game, and that you know you you feel like the the chance to go to the championship game was ripped away from you chance obviously to go to the Super Bowl was ripped away from you last year and there's there's an element of fatigue in there and there's also maybe an element of entitlement 
Mm. Uh, when, when you consider all that. And so I'm going to be very interested to see how that plays into the Saints team once they get into the playoffs. But I still, I, I really like Seattle. I really like Russell Wilson. Um, you know, the Cardinals, it, it's not a good loss, right? <laughs> Let's just say that it's not a good loss to lose to the Cardinals. However, they played San Francisco incredibly tight both times. And, you know, I think that we're always going to get a close Seattle-Arizona game, no matter who their head coach is, because that's the way these two teams love to play each other in December. And so I'm not buying too much into that. Now, if Seattle looks awful at home against San Francisco, if we have a a non-competitive Sunday night football game, I reserve the right to just jump back on the Saints (laughs) with you. But but right now, no, I I still like Seattle. Look, I don't, I don't like betting against Russell Wilson. It is a, it's like betting against the Patriots to a lesser degree. Like, ultimately, you're going to be poor as a result of fading Russell Wilson because he just happens to, and you know this as a Carolina fan, he just wins games and he has no business winning. Um, I don't think you caught that shot. (laughs) Oh no, no, I caught it. (laughs) Trust me. I remember 41 to 10. I remember the two yard Hail Mary. I remember all of those talentless NC State teams beating my Tar Heels Throughout my collegiate career, I went 0-4, and three of those were due to Russell Wilson taking a terrible team and beating some really high-quality Butch Davis football players. As as the kids say, J.J., you hate to see it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else you want to hit on from your, your travails, your travails or travels, I guess it would be, that you know? Yeah, I guess you can go with either one. Um, no, you know, I, I – no, Patriots, Bills. I, I'm I'm super pumped for next week, Philly and New York, just because there's storylines on both sides, right? Like yeah. Philly can can obviously win and end. Uh, and while they do that, New York could fire Shermer and or Dave Gettleman. Ooh. Um, but then if Philly loses, then holy cow, you have this this site that's going on, and the Giants have now ended on a super high note. Um, they probably still can Shermer, but okay. So I'm pumped for for that game, that 4:30 game next week. Did you see the video of Eli Manning and Daniel Jones playing beer pong in a local New York pub? Uh, was it beer pong or flip cup? A oh, flip cup. Excuse me. Yes, yes, yes. Flip yes, cup and something yes. else. Yeah. It looked. Yeah, and, and it Eli looked like was a, like throwing napkins. It looked like a Carolina frat party. <laughs> yeah, it I mean, certainly just, did. Just sweaters and like like goof and like it looked like a bunch of dads at a holiday party. It was peak whitey. I thought that I would have just seen you in the background. <laughs> I, I know. I was like, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. They, that, that, was that you? Is that you? Is I don't know. They look so similar. <laughs> hey, look, Ma, it's me. All right, let's get out of here. I gotta, I'm going to lose my voice. I like screaming. Uh, it's fun times as always. JJ, we'll talk to you uh, next week, buddy. Can't wait. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.